Thanks for uh, joining in on another episode of uh, Getting Your Life Back with me, Cade Cooper. You know, today I'm wearing my man priest. One day I'll, I'll do a little episode about these man priests, you know. They attract quite a bit of attention. My daughter tells me not to wear them, but I, I know she loves them. I mean, what's what's not to love? It's been interesting since I launched. Um, you know, for me... A lot of uh, my life, the thing I struggled the most with were rapid shifts of emotion, right? And it was really hard to regulate. And in a way, it uh, you know it simulated or it it mirrored drug use, right? You're high and then you're low. And you know, leading up to launching this project, and then especially since, you know, there's certainly been a lot of that. But in the course of all that. I've had a lot of really neat and meaningful interactions, messages and talks with people that have brought me back to why I'm doing this, you know, and it's hard launching something like this not to judge the successes but based upon how many views I'm getting, you know, on YouTube or how many people are looking at my further episodes as opposed to my one, right, or how many subscribers and stuff, um, you know, if I wanted to be very divisive, uh, for my good friends, if... I, I wanted to be funny and tease and do stuff. I'm, I'm certainly, I certainly think I could appeal to more people. You know, a lot of people have said, "Hey, if you, if you limit your your talk of God, you're gonna, you know, have a wider base." Well, that's just something I'll never do um, because you know, my whole aim is to help people to get their life back. And my greatest thing I can share with you is my faith in God and His Son Jesus Christ. However, like I've explained. My goal is not to try to convert you to my belief, faith, or even faith in them or whatever, but my story will be, you know, tied in heavily with them because in the end it's it's my Heavenly Father through the grace and, and mercy of His Son that has been the single, by far, biggest transformation tool I've used. Having said that today, I want to talk about something, and, and you know, the title of this episode is... For those that hate my religion and those that have left. You know, to kind of start out, you know, I I used to live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And today, you know, I'm here in St. George, actually, at my buddy Channon's house. And my buddy Tanner's here. And it's it's awesome, right? We're watching college football launch. And I love college football. When I lived in Baton Rouge, I went to a night game in Death Valley. And you want to talk about passion, you know, and I think they're playing South Carolina, but I'd never seen such a passionate fan base, right? And I'd never seen people get so excited, right? Well, if you don't live in Utah, we also have a very heated rivalry. We call it the Holy War. Um, it's between Brigham Young University, who is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, of which, you know, I'm a member. And then we have the University of Utah, um, they were both founded by the second prophet of my church, Brigham Young, but it's not a religious institution. So we have people that adhere to my church and don't, that both like both sides and, and both of these colleges. But to a large degree, people will, will go to BYU, and then people will, that maybe aren't religious tend to go more to uh, the University of Utah. And I'm, I'm just generalizing, right? But it creates this very bitter rivalry, and part of the reason is because the religion is divisive, right? And if you want to talk about divisiveness or polarizing content, there's nothing more polarizing than religion, you know, even more so than uh, 
politics because we're talking about ethics, values, morality, you know, and, and in the end, the eternal fate of the soul. And, you know, living here, I have a lot of friends who were not raised in this religion, but, you know, it is predominantly members of my church. The, the, the leaders of the government are almost across the board members of my church. Policy is dictated in large degree by what the church leaders say because the bowling block, again, uh, to a majority at least, adhere to their tenets. And I want to explain how I can be sympathetic and understanding to people that do not like my religion at all. And also the people that have left my religion and are very upset. I can be strong in my beliefs, and I can still acknowledge and understand why you would hate my religion, why you would hate my beliefs, and how they could have caused you a lot of pain. But, you know, as a framework for this, I want to kind of talk about why I believe what I believe. So when I was in high school, I wanted to serve a mission, you know, two years where I would go out. For you guys that know not much about a church, you've seen the guys in the shirts and ties. And, you know, a lot of guys within my faith and, and women, too, will do that. And for me, you know, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do that was it was it was kind of a way out, right? I, I wanted to get clean. And, you know, the other reason was I had just some of my decisions had hurt my parents so much that, you know, I knew how important it would be for me to, to go out and to, to serve. So... You know, there, there's a promise in the, the Book of Mormon, and the Book of Mormon is basically a record of uh, what was happening in the American continent 600 years before Christ was born until 400 years after. And so there's a prophet named Mormon, and he had a thousand years of records, and he was uh, inspired by God to go through and choose the most important parts that would be, you know, uh, most helpful for us today. And so the Book of Mormon doesn't take place in the Bible, but it actually proves the authenticity of the Bible because it's a second witness to the world that Jesus is the Christ. Well, Mormon compiled these books, and then he gave them to his son Moroni. And before he 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 um, buried them in the earth, um, they were not later uh, brought until Joseph Smith was uh, shown them through a, through a powerful vision that I'll talk about another, another time. Um, he makes a promise, and he says, And when ye shall receive these things, if it be wisdom in God that ye should receive them, I would exhort you that you would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if you will ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, He will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. So, you know, I remember one night I'm getting ready to go. I had been called to Hawaii and, you know, I was thrilled about that. And um, I'm like, I better figure out if this is really true. Because I definitely had faith, right? And a lot of my faith came from the faith of my parents who were just so passionate and strong in their beliefs, right? And what they... uh what they had taught me, so in ways there you know i could not I could not believe certain things that they had taught me, and so I prayed one night and said, "You know god is this is this your church and i didn 't feel anything you know, and I was like, well, okay well it 's a little unnerving, but you know i 'm going to go anyway, like I need to get out there, so I went out there and i didn 't realize how hard it was going to be for me, right you know the church has changed its policy now, 
and I'm I'm upset and I'm happy about it. But missionaries now they can basically FaceTime with their family on most missions every week and see them. When I was serving, there were just two phone calls a year, Mother's Day and Christmas. I guess we, uh, <laughs> I guess fathers aren't as important. So, <laughs> But I really missed my family terribly, you know. And um, to compound that, one day we were teaching this guy, and he knew more about my religion and especially more about the Bible than I did. And uh, he shook me hard. And, you know, when I'd prayed, I'd received no witness. And I remember after going to a baptism and just just thinking, man, these people must not have heard or known the things that I know. And, you know, when I got out there, when I started serving, I may have, you know, veered to and from my beliefs at different times. But on my mission, I did not. I served with everything I had. And it laid the seeds and the foundation for a testimony of belief in what I believe that I've never been able to shake because I saw the hand of God in ways that were just miraculous. But I decided, hey, anything that I can do to be the best missionary I can be, I'm going to do. And we had these uh, missionary certifications where you'd memorize scriptures. Um, and, you know, I, I shattered the records. And I didn't know my memory worked like that, but... You know, I had at one point within a few months in two to three hundred scriptures just memorized that I still have most of them memorized. It's just kind of how my memory works. If you tell me something and it's impactful to me, I usually never forget it. But because I think very deeply, sometimes I, uh, you know, can't find my keys. Sometimes I ask my kids where my phone is while it's in my hand. Uh, All kinds of wonderful things like that. But anyway, I, I started going around and, you know, I started talking to pastors and preachers and people of different faiths, and I was not fun to Bible bash with. I was kind of known as the Bible basher because I just had so many scriptures and different things memorized. But I, I noticed there was a major shift in my, um, you know, my intentions with people. It didn't, it, it, it left really quickly. I want to share something with you that is I believe is so important and it has helped me and you know ultimately is a way that you guys can be married and you can be with your kids forever to you've offended me um this is means everything to me and you you, by, uh, you know you're insulting me saying I'm wrong you're you're insulting my religion you're insulting my parents and that's kind of how I interpreted it and so it never went very well well eventually I started to you know understand this was not productive and I I realized how to use my knowledge to uh, not argue with people, but to validate, you know, their interpretations. And and sometimes we would find different ways of common ground. And whether or not they believed with me, you know, my interactions were a lot better. So, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I was talking to one of my good friends, and he had uh, was having some struggles with some of the history and stuff in our church. And, you know, he'd talked to me, and, you know, I reacted not well. I got upset, and I remember it. It really affected him and surprised him. And, you know, I've always felt bad about that. And, you know, I've talked with them and, and apologized and, and we're good now. But the framework of what I believe is all based upon my faith, right? So a couple of months into my mission, we're teaching this lady. And, you know, we're trying to get her to not have sex outside of marriage and we're trying to get her to quit drinking and drinking coffee and come to church and these things and she just she's not doing anything right and so my companions like well let's pray and ask God right now if what we're saying is true 
And I was terrified, right? I, I think I actually tried to stop it. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? But I just remember, oh, I don't know this promise works. And uh, what if what if we pray to her and she doesn't get it? And so anyway, uh, she said a prayer and I did and he did. And I remember when she prayed, spirit touched her and she got very emotional. But at that time when I prayed, I prayed with everything I had. Because I was out here for two years and I was struggling and I wasn't going to come home if, if for anything else because of my pride because I knew so many people thought I would never make it out in the first place, probably thought I went out and was not worthy to go out and was going to return home. But I prayed with everything I had. God, is this true? And I felt the Spirit of God come into my body so strong. It felt like the, the marrow in my bones was going to melt. And it just overpowered me. And I've never been able to shake that feeling. Well, in my pursuit of healing and in my pursuit of God and, and to get faith in different things, I have had countless experiences of that magnitude. And you know, at some point when you have so many experiences, you stop writing stuff off as coincidence. And my faith became unshaken. And my belief in God and my faith, I don't refer to it as a faith anymore. I have knowledge in what I believe. So when I believe in that, I believe in the views and stances of my church. Now, one important thing to understand is we do not believe in the infallibility of prophets. You know, we believe, Joseph Smith said, when I'm a prophet, I'm prophesying. And when I'm a human, I'm not. Please let me be human. You know, people have, the God has a perfect kingdom. And, you know, he has a bunch of imperfect children that he has to deal with. And that probably is incredibly frustrating for him in the words of Elder Holland, one of our apostles, but he makes it work. But... Certain things that have been said are certainly hurtful and certainly were opinions, you know, at the times and different things. And I'm not going to get into the history of everything in this episode, but I'm not an uneducated man. And I have studied this stuff back and forth. But I do understand how things can be hurtful to people that don't believe what I believe. I know people that grew up here or moved here and are turned off and feel judged immediately by people that are within my church. Now, that doesn't just happen within my church. That happens within any organization there is. But, you know, sometimes it's disheartening to see with a church that claims to be Christ's church. And, you know, sometimes people would make the, the comment, well, if you don't like it, maybe you should move. Well, that's probably not a nice thing to say, considering the whole reason that members of our church founded Utah is because we were forced to leave because of our religious beliefs. If that's happened, I, 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 my heart goes out, I'm sorry to you. If members of my faith have not allowed their kids to play with their kids just because you have different religious convictions, I'm sorry. But that happens. I also have a lot of friends who have left the church, who no longer believe. A lot of very good friends. And you know, I can understand why people do. I really can. I would not believe everything I believe had I not experienced everything I experienced. But I, I, I fully believe this. If you live my life 
And if you experienced everything I experienced, and if you went about my trials the way I did, I do not on earth understand how you could not believe what I believe. And if I was to tell you otherwise, I would be inauthentic, and I feel like I would be doing you a disservice. But, you know, it's it's interesting. One of my best friends is, is no longer a member of the church, and he's like, Kate, it's amazing how here in Utah, when people find out that I no longer believe in the church, they think I have absolutely no morals whatsoever. And he absolutely has morals. Does he believe in waiting until married to have sex? No, but he's honest with women. He does not use deception with them. And he's very considerate with their feelings and lets them know where he stands. He has my utmost respect. I don't require you to believe and think like me. And if you don't believe that that's a commandment, well, I also believe God judges people based on knowledge. And thank goodness I don't have to be in that place to even make a judgment on people. But he's a very good man. You know, when I was shoot, getting ready to do this podcast, I was at Best Buy and I was buying all this equipment. And I came out and this guy came up to me and he's like, are you, are you doing a podcast? And I'm like, well, I don't want to just call it a podcast, right? I'm doing a YouTube channel and, and just different things. And it's, it's really about getting your life back, right? And, and in talking, I told him I'm a very active member of the church. And he told me he used to be a bishop and is no longer active. And, you know, I asked him, what was that like when you left, when you talked to people of our faith? He said it was incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult, you know. A lot of people said you're making a colossal mistake. And, you know, a lot of people, as I had expressed, you know, pain of leaving and also frustration and even resentment towards the leaders of the church, I was told that I couldn't leave it alone and that I was working for Satan. Well, I don't know that that's always the case. I certainly do think there are people that change schools of thought and do do things that whether they're working to Satan or they're using deception stuff is not good. If you have a different ideology or thought system or belief system or whatever than me and you come and share it with me, I'll probably listen to you, right? And I want to understand why you believe what you believe. Now, in the end, if I'm happy where I'm at, I'm going to say, look, I'm happy. And I'll set a boundary and be like, you know, I just, I really don't want to hear about it anymore. Well, if you continue to push your ideology on me, then that's an issue. And I know those people that knowingly deceive about facts and stuff to get people to believe what they're saying. We see it in all forms of schools of thought, whether it's government or religion or whatever. It happens within my church. For sure. I, you know, I'm really not frustrated much at people in general anymore, but I probably had more frustrations about people within my church than I ever did with people without. But, you know, I, I see people within my church, you know, befriending people just for the sole purpose of trying to get them to join the church. Well, that's very transparent, by the way. And it's, it's, I do not believe it's what God is really wanting us to do. I love what Pope Francis said. He said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. You know, the best way I can, I can show people that my life is one of happiness is by living. And I do. I live my beliefs. I walk the walk. And I believe and I understand by, by coming out and uh, publicly declaring all this stuff, I've got to walk the walk. And I will. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, but I've got to, I've got to back up what I say. And, and, and I do, right? But I remember, you know, when I, when I got divorced, I was going through a divorce class and... Uh, They said the second most traumatic thing someone can go through on this earth is divorce. The first is losing a trial. 
or a child. And um, at the time, I didn't know if that was true. And uh, I believe it now. And, you know, my divorce was, was pretty amicable, but the, the rapid shifts in emotion, and especially with my children being in, it was brutal. Well, I can imagine the loss of one's faith is very similar. And when someone loses their faith and their social circle are still people that believe in that faith, naturally, they're going to go to people to help them because they're hurting. And understandably, they may be upset with things that have happened. And when they're met with ridicule and scorn, when people shun them or tell them they can't leave it alone, they're working for Satan. And and really, they're just trying to process stuff. You know, if you believe we're right, good luck getting them back. Can I understand why people have a hard time with the church's stance on gay marriage? Absolutely. I have, in very personal ways, that, that uh, situation with, you know, people very close to me. If you were to tell me I couldn't date women, I don't know if I'd be active in the church. It would be very hard. But I see members of my church just go off on that community. And, you know, a lot of the thought is, you know, they just keep throwing my face. If they want to do that, let them do it. But, well, are we constantly trying to share our religion with them? Yes. And also, why don't you try 30 to 35 years of living a suppressed life um, and feeling shame for the way that you feel and act? And I do not believe it's a choice at all. And... All of a sudden, you, you, you get the courage to come out with how you believe. You're probably going to want to feel empowered and want to share it and want to own your reality. I am not upset with people like that. You know, the, the, the answers that we give, you know, at a doctrinal basis, well, obviously it takes a man and woman to create, and that's essential in God's plan. And I, you know, when we share that with, they've probably already heard that. And I don't know that that's going to be, a good answer to someone who loves someone, loves them, and uh, is told their love is not good enough. Well, again, for me, like, what I believe, I believe because of the framework and everything that's been shown to me. But that does not mean I understand everything. In the Book of Mormon, there's a prophet named Nephi, and he's seen a wonderful vision of the coming and the advent of the Son of God, and even our day. And at one point, the, the, the Spirit says, Knowest thou the condescension of God? And he said, I do not know the meaning of all things, nevertheless I know God loveth his children. In the end, I just know God loves his children. That's it. And I also believe a loving God understands and knows where people are at. And I believe that people that are good-hearted and kind... In the end, God understands our weaknesses and, you know, he will compensate for it. There's a book called The Soul's Remembrance. And this book's written by a man who was raised Southern Baptist. And Southern Baptists don't share the same uh, doctrinal beliefs as us. They don't believe that we live before this life. We do. We believe we live with God. And in this book, he describes remembering this pre-earth life. And among other things, he remembers having the choice to decide to come down here to earth. And as part of that, he was shown specifically all these trials that he was going to go through. Well, he didn't want to come down because it looked pretty terrible. 
You know, whatever your trial is, my trials or, you know, people being raped and murdered and the atrocities of war that are happening in Russia and Ukraine and just the human suffering all over. Well, he said when he was shown what would come of it, he tried to talk him into everything because it was so worth it. And, you know, he was told if he went through everything, he wouldn't quite make it. Well, with that framework, and then and then we believe we went through a veil of forgetfulness, so we can't remember that. So this life, we're down here, you know, and we're trying to do the best we can. But suffering is part of the plan in order to help us to become like God. Well, His Spirit comes down to help and bring things to our remembrance or help us recognize truth. People with same-sex attraction or, you know, especially raised in my culture, you know, when I look at those people, I think, man, that spirit must be so powerful to qualify for a trial of that magnitude. I don't think I'm strong enough for it. It's amazing to me. And, you know, I don't have to judge them on an individual basis, whether they do whatever they do, thankfully. That's not my job. But the people that are close to me and the people that I love, and they're very upset with the church, and I can understand why. Some of them, there's no way you'll be able to tell me in the end they won't be with my Father in Heaven and won't be back in Heaven again. In the end, I believe the most important thing is to be kind to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Now, I do believe when God reveals truth to you, you have to follow it no matter the consequences. I fully understand that me getting up and saying these things may upset and hurt a lot of people, and that certainly is not my intent. But I have to be true to what God has shown me as my truth and my reality. I do not dare offend Him. I, 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 I know He knows I know what I know. And in the end, I have to live the closest to him and his son. And that's that's my protection. But at the same time, I can understand why people are hurting. It doesn't offend me that you're doing this. Some of you may have had horrible experiences with people that when you're within the church that were placed in, in, in leadership positions that have done terrible things to you. What a trial to go through. Now, that doesn't only happen in my faith. That happens with about any person in position of authority. We we learn right in one of our set of scriptures, the Doctrine and Covenants, it is uh, sad experience. We have learned by sad experience that is the nature and disposition of almost all men, as soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they immediately begin to exercise in righteous dominion. Well, again, I do believe, and my truth is that this is God's church. That the current prophet, Russell Nelson, is an actual prophet on the earth today. Just like Moses or any of the prophets in the Old Testament that speaks through him. That receives revelation as a whole for God's kingdom and world. I also know we can receive our own revelation. And when we hear something even from him, we can still get our own personal witness that that, that is true. So I believe it's it's important if you know that to follow it. But at the same time, I'm not required to not be compassionate with people. You know, as I share my stuff with people, I, I often have people say, well, I feel like you're judging me. Well, I, I, I don't quite understand. Um, if you watch my stories, you know, they're episodes two through four, you'll understand I have lived a, a colorful life. And 
I don't judge anyone. In fact, the way you live and the things you choose to believe in large part don't have an effect on me anyway, so I don't really care. But I can still say what I believe and what is my truth and at the same time not think you're a bad person because you don't believe the same way. Like I explained, my belief is a culmination of me being raised a certain way and then choices that I've had that have created a framework for how I believe. Well, I don't know how I would believe if I was raised differently. Some behaviors, especially extremely violent or, or, or manipulative ones, I just, regardless of the trauma you've been through, I just still think there's culpability and there's not always an excuse completely for that. But I know and I believe my Father in Heaven says, unto whom much is given, much is required. Or the more knowledge we have with God, the more He expects us to follow it. You know, as I think about the judgment, and some of these things I've shared, right, whether it's, we, we knew specifically what trials we're going to go through before we come down to earth, which is what this guy saw in vision. That's not official doctrine of my church, other than, we knew we did in, in it believe that we knew it would be hard, but we chose to come down. But also, this is this is more my view, but this is what I believe in the judgment. I don't think it's going to come at the last day, and and you know, God will be like, well, you did this, or you did this, or you did believe, or you didn't believe, so you're you know, heaven or hell. There's a scripture in the Book of Mormon that says you would be more miserable to dwell under the conscience of a just God, knowing that you have ever abused his laws, than you would to dwell in the damned souls of hell. Well, I believe in the end, if you are an honest seeker of truth, if you want to know if there is a God, if you want to know what your relationship is to him, if you want to know what he expects of you, and you're willing to follow that, however that takes you, or whatever sacrifices or relationships it causes you to have to you know, sever along the way, he will let you know what's true. And for a man like me, that is how I seek truth. I am always open to new things. When I get triggered, I actually like it because to me, it lets me know something I have not processed yet, something I need to work on, right? But, you know, as as we understand and, and we, we, we believe and we know what's truth, it is important to follow up, but it does not mean we have to not be compassionate. So what I believe is that whenever we meet our maker, him and his son will be pleading for us to come to them. And they will have given us every opportunity humanly possible. I mean, the greatest evidence of this is the only begotten son, Jesus Christ himself, who lived a sinless life, who had his way and suffered for everyone so we could return. I believe they'll plead for us to come. But in the end, we will go where we're comfortable. And to be in the presence of such beings of love and light, if we knowingly understand that these were His laws and His truth, not ignorantly, but knowingly, and have chosen to go there, we're going to go where we feel comfortable. Well, I also don't believe in just a distinction of heaven and hell. I believe in the end, people will suffer their sins, but the vast majority of God's children will receive a kingdom of glory. You know, I had an experience in closing, and I was uh, spraying a house a few years ago in my vocation, and there's a guy that moved here to Utah, and like I asked him, you know, why are you here in Utah? And uh, he said to to preach the gospel. I'm like, oh, that's cool, you're, you're a convert. And he said, well, I'm, I'm here to convert the Mormons. Are you Mormon? And I said, no, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but you're evangelical Christian, I know, 
familiar with your beliefs. Hey, I wish you the best. I truly do. Like, it's hard. I served a mission. And I imagine it's very hard here in Utah. And he started to try and engage me a little bit in scriptures. And I said, honestly, boss, this is probably one you don't want to do. Like, I've got like 300 scriptures memorized. But in the end, we're just going to argue about interpretation. But here's the one issue I have with with what you're telling me, your ideology and your belief is. So according to you, I am wrong about the character of God. Basically, more, 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 more specifically, his personage, right? Because we... As, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Saints, believe that God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are separate. Um, also, we don't believe you're saved just by grace, just by the declaration that Jesus is the Christ means we're saved no matter what. We believe we also have to follow our Savior. Now, we do not believe that we can earn our way to heaven. That is a misconception, and it's a falsehood that people will perpetuate in order to discredit us. That's not what we believe. Everyone will fall short. But we just get back up, we try, we'll never be perfect, but through the grace of God and His Son, they make up that aspect. But, you know, I said, if I, so if I go and I meet the Savior, and you're correct, and this is how God is, He's going to say, you know, okay, you tried to follow me. You were a good man, you, you, you know, you tried to help people, you're a good father, you treat women good. But when it came to, you know, my attributes and stuff, sorry, you chose wrong. You're going to hell. And I said, if that's how God is, I want no part of it. Because in the end, I think Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ only care about one thing. Only one thing. And that's getting their little boy or little girl home. And that's what we are. their little boys and their little girls. And they want us home. So I hope, you know, with both schools of thought, we can, you know, a big part of this, I am trying to unify as much as I can. And this is a huge divide within my culture and my faith. And I'm sure there's different divides similar throughout different schools of thought in different parts of the country, and I've seen them. I've lived in nine states. I lived in Louisiana, and the Baptists tend to have the heavy influence there, and the people that aren't tend to be very frustrated with the Baptists. And so, you know, it goes to political ideology and all this stuff as well. But I am not offended if you don't like what I have to say. I don't apologize for it because it's what I believe is true, but I also can understand why it would be divisive and why it would hurt. My intent is never to hurt anyone. I believe in the end what I say is the best for people, and I'm not always right, but I'm, I'm certainly going to say it if I believe it's, it's going to help you. But I think understanding that, again, our belief, our faith, our systems are all based upon how we are. And a loving God in the end will show us truth if you seek Him. I know that to be true for sure. So I'm grateful that you've tuned in today with this. I hope, you know, 
it's uh, brought some peace to you, you know, and if it did, and I certainly understand, I am getting ready to start uh, shooting with different people that have healed their life in different ways and different schools of thought, and uh, because, you know, not everyone will resonate, believe, or like my story, and that's perfectly fine, but I've got people that have used all kinds of ways to heal, and it's beautiful. And, you know, my belief is God given us all kinds of methods and there's there's not one way to skin a rabbit and there's certainly not one way to heal. And so if you like what I've had to say, please share the message. If you feel like it will help people, you know, my, my stories are on my channel, Getting Your Life Back with Cade Cooper, my YouTube channel. My stories specifically are two through four. I realize my content is, is fairly long. It's 30 minutes. But I, I need uh, this amount of time to really share what I believe God wants me to share and communicate that. I will, and I'm working on doing shorter videos in TikTok, um, talking to people a little younger than me. I'm mentioning Facebook. They looked at me like I was 85 years old. I was informed that no one uses Facebook except for old people. So I understand I'm, I'm an old person. I'm 40 years old now. So I also, you know, I have an account there, but and I have a Twitter account I'm starting to work at. But my whole goal is to get as much exposure to bring people to my message. Because what I am doing is God's work. And I know that. And it's not about becoming popular. In fact, the stuff I'm, I'm sharing will make me very unpopular with a large group of people. And, you know, I understand that. It will offend people very close to me. And it makes me sad. I understand that. But I know what God's asked me to do and I have to follow Him. But I hope you find some joy out of this. Um... I hope you have a good Labor Day weekend. I'm again here in St. George. It's like 110 degrees. But, uh, you know, we've got college football. Um, I'm here with uh, one of my good friends, Chan. One of my other really good friends just happened to stop by last night out of the blue. That wasn't coincidence. We definitely needed to connect, and he's with me, and I get to hang out with a bunch of other people I love because that's what life's about. Life's about thriving about enduring, but about getting better, and ultimately about finding peace despite your circumstances. And I found that. I'm grateful. Let's get our lives back.